Money. You can't really get through life without it. Some people use it to define success, others use it to attain freedom. Whatever your motivation, you need to know how to earn it, how to use it, and how to grow it. This is Tilly Money. Our guest today is Amanda Rose, founder of Small Business Women Australia. Recently, Small Business Women Australia ran a survey with their female community, asking over 1,000 women in business their views on various aspects of operating a business during coronavirus lockdowns. We've brought Amanda on the show today to discuss how COVID-19 lockdowns have affected the community of small business women and what the roadmap to recovery will look like when we eventually do open up again. Amanda, welcome to the Tilly Money podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Amanda, we all know that this has been, you know, such a difficult time. Um, The world's been going through, Australia's no exception, particularly with this second round of, you know, extended lockdowns. You're involved with a small business women Australia association. I would imagine You've gained some insights that other people haven't by talking to members. So I am going to ask you to explain what the, um, that association is later. But what have you seen to be the biggest challenges for small business women specifically during these, during these times? Well, interesting, uh, this time around, so the second time around, it's a lot harder on the women The homeschooling, looking after young children whilst also trying to run a business has been very difficult without having that support, Uh, especially obviously those that are in a particular LGA um, would have even further restrictions Mm -hmm. and they can't get that support that would normally get. And then you've got a lot more businesses this time around not being able to earn a living. So there, you know, if you've been uh, shut out of your retail space and you've been forced to go online, you might be only be bringing twenty percent the income, but you're trying to do that at home whilst managing children, and you know your partner might be at home too, working from home. So it's pretty much chaos. Mm. So it's really affecting them. And they said last time and this time they keep saying the lack of information, the confusion, the changing of the goalposts not knowing what's happening and not knowing when they can pick back up. So, for example, uh, in particular areas across the country, there's snap lockdowns. Now, when that happened, people have said, well, I've just bought supplies. Mm. You know, so there's $5,000 worth of supplies just gone, especially if it's perishable for the hospitality industry. And then other people saying, well, should I be looking for other, you know, sources of income because I don't know when I can reopen. So it's been this time around devastating for the small business community, but for women in particular, they've got that extra burden of trying to keep their staff because they know the ripple effect of if they let go of their staff, it'll impact their family. So they feel a responsibility. Women have this, you know, nurturing responsibility and they want to keep on their staff, but also they don't know if if their business is going to survive. And I've, I've seen so many women just say, I've given up. I'm not um, start uh, continuing with my business I'll just find something else to do which is really hard because we're devastating to see because that entrepreneurial spirit we want to keep that going mm-hmm. we want to keep and also financial independence a lot of women started businesses so they could have flexibility but also have their financial independence so it really hasn't been um, 
it's not a good state of affairs at the moment. We all know that, but I mean, on the positive front, we do know that, um, you know, there's light coming and you've got to always focus on that light. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we, uh, what we try and do is run regular uh, free sessions. We're constantly talking to the community in the group setting, but also one-on-one finding out what their issues are and giving them a voice to that. So a lot of the um, advocacy that I do is direct information from the women. It is not made up. It is actual fact of case studies and stories. And for example, when they had the, uh, in New South Wales with the uh, missing out the under 75k turnover they've got to understand the majority a lot of women have a business that only brings in 50 or 60 because it's a job for them so they were missed out completely so I quickly you know we jump out and, and talk about that and they then got included so we try and be that light at the end of the tunnel but during that journey to give them options on how to learn to sell online other ways to earn an income help them with the grant process anything to keep their head above water mentally as well as financially. Yeah, no, it's interesting what you say because I know that you ran a survey recently of your members, I would assume. Yes. And you talked um, to those female, that female community that you've gathered together, I think there was over a 1,000 that you spoke to on various things that they were experiencing about operating a business during COVID. So... You've already hinted to about a few things like mm. that under $75,000 exemption. That, that was a win. Um, what else did you find coming out of that survey? Well, um, what was interesting is that they what they want, we asked what they wanted to help them get out um, of, of the scenario. So they obviously want access to money, but not necessarily just handouts. So they want grants that, you know, that, to help them through now, but they want, so about, I suppose, 44 percent said they wanted new opportunities and innovations moving forward which is why we advocate for large government tenders to have a criteria that they have a percentage from female led female owned businesses like they do in New York City so it's to encourage they want work they don't just want a handout Uh, a lot of them also said would you believe this half of them said it was personal resilience getting them through which really does explain the female um, uh, small business woman mm-hmm. and and three quarters of them said that their community has come together to help them which is just phenomenal and that's what I love about um, you know the, the female small business community that they will help each other above and beyond um, but I want we wanted to make sure they're looking after themselves because that personal resilience is being chipped away every lockdown and every bit of information um, but they wanted opportunities they don't just want to give up and say you know, see you later, they actually want access to uh, information, to opportunities to earn an income, so to grow their business. So there are a lot of great opportunities out there in the government, but not enough. So you probably heard of the um, Boosting Female Founders Grant mm-hmm. that is out there. And recently there was a, you know, a mix-up where everyone got sent um, a message saying you made it to the next round, but it was a mistake. And the impact of that was fascinating because it really highlighted, I mean, I think there were like 3,800 applications. That's a lot of small businesses ready to scale up. Mm. And it just says a lot about women wanting to grow. They want to build their business, but we need to be giving them more opportunity to do so. And so that's why we constantly push or ask them and then push that, hey, they're not just, you know, someone that's sitting at home going, I want to make a bit of money. These are serious business women. They want to grow what they've got. 
Mm. You know, and, and we need more access to, to funds and we need more access to scalability and to mentoring. A lot of them said they wanted more mentoring. That's why we run a lot of uh, mentoring programs as well. Some are free, some are uh, low cost, purely so they have that encouragement because it's a very isolating experience to, to run a business, especially if you also have, have children. Mm. What, um, what kind of industries um, are, do your members largely belong? What are you finding? So that's interesting. So we actually have a lot of professional services and a lot of um, retail and um, I'd say um, beauty, health, lifestyle, um, you know, services and activities. So a lot of retail and hospitality. So they're impacted a lot, but yeah. also professional services. They're the ones that can go online, but they still get impacted because they lose business if their clients, which are the retail and the hospitality, are out of business. So you actually see a ripple effect mm-hmm of if one business is down, they don't have the money then to hire the other business and that business then, you know, and it goes on that way. And we're starting to see a pickup, like a, a growth area in construction and in trades. So there's a, a lot more women um, coming out and working in those industries. We constantly encourage women to follow the money, have a look at where the money is being spent, where is the government focusing, where a big business investing and find where your business your service whatever that you do can fit in that and the message is slowly catching on Um, but they traditionally you know if you're in um, say hospitality and you run a cafe you wouldn't think oh how about I just get mobile and go to the construction site Mm. so it's helping them change how they think but it's always a majority of them are front-facing hands-on dealing with people services you know Mm. a majority of women do that even professional services they're missing that um, face-to-face connection but yeah, so it's anything. To, so that's why they've been impacted so heavily. You know, even those that are doing tutoring or anything along those businesses, they have to move online, and it's been a big learning curve for a lot of them. But some of them are just stopped dead mm. completely, and then that again, you know, has a ripple effect. Oh, without a doubt. Were there any standout positives from your survey? Um, the community, the aspect that they support each other, mm. was huge. Uh, the, you know, and I've seen it happen. So we encourage you know, to buy from each other um, online and to, because that was the whole point to actually have an ecosystem of women supporting women. Like you need to buy these things anyway, might as well buy it from each other or find ways to do that. And the personal resilience mm-hmm. and, and the fact that they wanted, they want work. They want more opportunity uh, and that they're going for it as well. So a lot of women have gone through our programs and at the end of it are going for tenders and contracts that they never had gone through before. So I think this whole shakeup, especially the second time around, even though it's been hard on them, it has forced them to get uncomfortable. You know, the saying, be comfortable getting uncomfortable. This has most definitely done that and forced them to say, right, I need to be more fierce, in my business, um, in hunting for work, in my lead generation. And that's, a, that's been a massive bonus. Today's episode is brought to you by our principal partner, Mortgage Choice. For almost 30 years, Mortgage Choice and its national network of mortgage brokers have been helping Australians just like you realise their property ownership goals. They put your best interests as their top priority because they work for you, not lenders. Whether you are looking to buy your first home or investment property, or want to refinance an existing home loan to get a better deal, let a mortgage choice broker answer all your questions, show you what's available and do the legwork for you. Visit mortgagechoice.com.au or call 13 77 62 to speak to your local broker today.
a lot of small business, you know, if you look at statistics, whether they come from the ABS or whatever, a lot of women do go into small businesses. You know, a lot of that's for family reasons, you know, much easier to coordinate work, um, theoretically much easier to coordinate work um, and running your own business. But a lot of risks, Amanda, with starting a business. Have you found or have you got any insights into women who think about starting their own business and then along comes COVID and businesses are suffering, businesses close, as you said, you know, some of them are just, you know, have died. Um, can you see any trend there about figures for the future? Would this be putting people off starting their own enterprise, small enterprise? Well, there's two things there. The firstly is a lot of women don't understand the financial, the risk associated with starting a business. So often they just jump into starting a business without understanding you need financial backing, you need to pay for expert advice in key areas. They, they follow their heart without using their head. And what happens is they can go into a massive amount of debt quickly thinking it's the right thing to do uh, or have no idea about certain key you know, issues. And then when something big happens, it just crumbles. And so that can have a, a long-term effect because they won't go back into business. Mm -hmm. Those who understand to a degree about business have a six-month buffer, you know, and really um, realise that it's not fun and games running a small business. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are really, uh, they're holding on, but it's impacting even them. So I have, you know, even um, really quite successful business women say to me, it's tough. You know, like even though I've planned for it and I'm, you know, using what's available and doing my, doing the best, it's actually hard for them. So I think something like this is going to turn women in particular off starting a business or make them think twice before they do. So we're then going to have to encourage them even more, whether it's government-backed, um, you know, interest-free loans, things like that to actually, and, and education of understanding that you can't just start a business and hope for the best and be a massive amount of debt, <laughs> you know, because a lot of them have come back saying, what do I do with all this debt? And then a lot of our advisors, you know, we get some financial people come in or, or even just other business women saying, what are you doing getting into so much debt to start a business? So I think it has really highlighted a lack of education around starting a business. Um, but I do think this whole experience is definitely going to turn people off cafes running a cafe, um, hospitality, anything that has a an overhead. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'll probably go to online, if anything, and do things that they can work from home more so or do, but that's still, that's very limiting. But, you know, um, you're so right, Amanda, but one of the realistic figures is, and, you know, you're so right about this whole idea of it's been such a shock for people who don't have the six-month buffer you know, or who don't, who do go into business thinking it's going to be, hey, this is going to be great. Uh, I, I almost inter, inter, um, intercepted you there for a moment because you said they start businesses and they sometimes go in so dreamy with a friend, you know, oh, they're my best friend and this is going to be great. And you know what they lose? So you can answer the question. They not only often lose the business, but what else do they lose? 100% they lose the friendship. They lose the friendship because 100%. business is not about you know, nice, sweet little things. And sometimes one friend says, I'm working, I'm doing all the work. And, you know, she promised this and doesn't deliver, you know, business is, business is tough. Yep. Um, though one thing I would say coming out of this, because I have to try and I'm a business owner, I try to look for the positives, is 
maybe it might also decrease the number of failures. You know how small yes. businesses who fail, pretty big in number. Mm. So if people don't go jumping in thinking, oh, great, I'm going to start my own business. Maybe they're more care- careful mm. seeing what COVID's done. And there can be, while I'm not being negative, there can be other shocks out there too of a different kind. That's true. I'd like to say that maybe some good in this could be that people will learn. Are you seeing that at all in Look, talk to? I think it really does highlight who who has the X factor, like who has that small business entrepreneurial um, uh, resilience and because they're the type that just find a way. <laughs> Yeah. you know and, and they're the ones that keep surviving I mean I started small business women Australia during the lockdown last time mm. and it was because I saw a gap in the market and a need and then I filled it and then commercialized it so it's very much on you know people need to it, you can't sometimes it's hard to train that and there's in social media I mean the the the, the lies <laughs> that it's so easy to start a business and I'm so successful when they're not. And I know a lot of them too. I'm like, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, so I think it will have that buffer of thinking twice, but I think the missing component is the education. You know, that's another reason why I started. We need to educate women. I'm seen as quite, sometimes I'm seen as quite abrupt or or quite harsh with my teaching, but it's preparation. I'm trying to prepare them to say, it's actually the hardest thing you'll ever do. You know, because you have to prepare, you have to be business minded. Like you said, you lose the friendship. You have to choose business over everything else in the business when you're running the business. And women sometimes, yeah, but I don't want to upset them. So I won't ask for the money or I don't want to, you know, cause a problem. So I won't charge too much. And all these signs are just a snowball effect to failure. And then a shock like this happens and everything just crumbles. And, you know, all those people that you thought were going to come back and pay you the money that you were owed from six months ago, well, they're not going to pay it. It's not going to happen. You know, there's something I'd like to run past you, and I'd like to talk about this for a moment, because when you start a business, hate the word capitalist really, but in a capitalist <laughs> economy, as we are, yep. we open our own enterprises. Mm-hmm. And then we turn around and we think government should help us. You know, what's your take on that? That's really interesting. So, I mean... I don't believe in the handout world, right? I don't, I don't believe in relying on government in everyday circumstances. I do, however, believe that there needs to be some assistance for those who are already 100 points behind or 100 steps behind and bring up to help them bring up to that level. And that assistance doesn't even have to be financial. And I think that's where the, the issue is. So a lot of women haven't been or don't, don't have the makeup or haven't been trained or just don't understand how to negotiate, how to do business, how to hustle, how to do all these things, you know, get a good advisor, get a good accountant and all these key things. They don't know that. So there needs to be, I believe, training on that that's easily accessible. Maybe then there'd be less of a need of help me, help me, uh, because there are genuine people that need that um, those loans or that kickstart and maybe they pay it back, which I think is very healthy to train you to pay that back. But there is what you're saying, there is a world out there. And I actually find it more in the entrepreneurial space where they're like, give me some money. I'm going to start the next big famous tech business. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they don't have that. And I've worked with a few like this. They're just missing that, you know, that that, that fear you get when it's your money. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, and it drives you and you think very carefully about decisions and you're very um, thorough and you make sure, you know, you don't just skip along and this is not my money, which can happen, you know. So when, when you have handouts, so to speak, um, that's what can happen. So it needs, needs to be in a form of an investment of some yes some form you know but I do believe there are some groups and including women they're already a step behind not all women but a lot of women are a step behind because they they don't have that um factor you know and then I spend most of my time training them to start thinking as a, as a business person well in a lot of um you know underdeveloped countries they give women um microfinancing loans and you know they that encourages them to start a small operation yep. and uh, and they're paid back yes so they're very small loans and the women proudly pay them back. And that's good training. Yeah. yeah that's see, that's so financial independence. You know, you need to have financial responsibility to have financial independence because it's training you on budgeting and a whole range and decision making. And I was only thinking, I was speaking to someone the other day about that microfinancing needs to come back, you know, it needs to come back with a vengeance to say, right, this is what you can do, but there has to be a process of mentoring before they get it. So what's your business case? Because there's a lot of advisory places out there and I've experienced them and I, I know people have gone to them and they're absolutely useless, right? So you've got women going there, oh, this is great. I've got my business plan. I've got my marketing plan and I'll look over it and I'll send it to someone I know and then I'll go, this is ridiculous. It's not going to make a cent. So I think even the quality of the advisory that they're getting um, is not necessarily helping them either. Mm -hmm. Say I came to you, I was one of your members or I was looking for an organisation and I said to you, look, Amanda, I'm in the travel industry and, uh, you know, I'm feeling the pain, you know, and then these lockdowns, I was getting some revenue and then all of a sudden these lockdowns meant I had to cancel the booking and then I had to do all the work because people were wanting refunds. You know, it's a grim story and, you know, I've already said and you, you look like a happy kind of person as well, you know, Telling the grim story is, it's good to tell, but nobody in business wants to hear the grim because your mindset has to be positive. But what would you say to somebody who was going through tough right now? Not much you can do if the business isn't going to open its doors. There's very little you can say there. But to someone that you felt was just needing encouraging because they were almost there because they're hopeful that these lockdowns will end soon and their business is very reliant on open borders. So I'm a, I'm a worst case scenario planner. Mm -hmm. um, for example, when that something, and I get a lot of these stories come to me, I'm very, I try to be pragmatic. I go, look, we don't know when they're going to open. They might not open for 12 months. So you need to plan for that. So I go, what's the worst case scenario that you have 12 months of no business in travel? Then we need to take a step back. What else, where else can you find income? You know, where else is the money? So number one is obviously the, the government support packages go for it, go for everything you can possibly get. I've even encouraged people to look around your house, sell things on, on marketplace, you okay. know, review your budget. You can live on a lot less than you are. We are a very comfortable country most times and we spend way above our means. So, you know, get a budget going, find ways to sell things, take the, the government um, support packages, but then also look at your skill set. So I often say to people, what is your skill set? And, and talk to others that know that or talk to me and find out what your qualifications, expertise and skill set are. And maybe you can package that up into something else mm -hmm. because I think they get overwhelmed with fear. And, you know, when I break it down to people and say, look, all you need to do is package up this service or even products. You might put things together and sell, you know, send them for 
um, care packages, which are in demand, right? So follow the money. But you only need, say, 100 of these and sell them at $100 each and you've reached, you know, you've got three months covered um, your expenses. So it's bringing things back down to reality, really, setting a budget. What are, you, what are your absolute core costs? Where can you get the money? See everything as a revenue stream, even government support. Go to your local council. Where can you consult potentially? Look at your community. What can you sell for X amount for this amount? And when they start thinking that way, that's the entrepreneurial way to think, right? Is to cut costs, be smart and find a way to earn a living. Mm-hmm. And it gives them hope. It gives them also a project. And sometimes they go off and start a new business doing that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I often say, when you do it and things pick back up, keep it going. Yeah. Don't let it go. That's a second uh, revenue stream. That is a second business that you've built during a hard time. It'll only pick up. Mm-hmm. No, it's very true. Very good advice. Have you ever heard of a woman called Margaret Lomas? She's a very accomplished businesswoman. I know Margaret well and have for many years. She's been a Telstra, you know, Businesswoman of the Year and I think even her business itself won a Telstra Award and many other awards. She runs a company called Destiny Financial Solutions, but she had a a vision one night, you know, of what can I do to help small business? I think you'd get on well, well with Margaret. And she woke up the next morning and she, in her brain, she said, I'm going to start something called a doctor shop. Have you heard of this? No, but it sounds good. (laughs) Well, it is really good. And I I encourage you and you can um, please use my name um, that you've been speaking to me. Margaret is linking up businesses, not businesses that are going to close their doors because there's very little you can do there. Mm. But businesses that can, can survive as long as they get a little bit of help. Okay. She's linking them up with businesses that are doing okay because some businesses are in fact they're doing better you know and trying to get this whole idea of community spirit Mm. whether you're a large business um big corporate a smaller company that's just doing well and getting them to foster or adopt that business and maybe pick up some rent maybe pick up some additional expenses you know suggest that we're on we're on tape now and i'm very well aware of that but it's something that you know maybe these kind of ideas, this shows the spirit perhaps does. of small business. Do you find that, that there's a spirit to small enterprises who want to help each other? There are, and also more so with women. Mm-hmm. I find that women really do, and sometimes at their own detriment, will yeah. reach out to help another woman. And so I see that we're all helping each other, and if we all keep helping each other, we'll all stay afloat. Yeah. And as soon as one drops off, you know, and, and says, no, I'm going to look after myself, it kind of has an impact. Mm-hmm. So if we all do our bit just like this, I think that's a brilliant concept. And I'm, I'm keen to, to find out more and to promote it because, yes, there are people that are doing quite well right now and they're looking of, of ways to give back because, you know, they're happy as long as they're bringing income, I want to help someone else. And I find that a lot, especially with the small business women, mm-hmm. and, and when pushed as well, it's they they find inside them as you probably see this all the time women will come with this amazing talent and amazing experience I think do you think I can do that and you're like absolutely you can but it's equipping them with the right person or the encouragement or the right word or advice to get there mm-hmm. and I think times like this is where you there's potential for them to shine mm-hmm. like this idea is perfect I you do. know you know I know you know Peter Switzer and um you know I'm obviously part of Switzer and uh and we actually are the adopted parents of a travel company, you know, that's just been finding it tough. So 
you know, Margaret um, was smart enough to call us and say, you know, can you help me promote this? And indeed, we actually became a fostered parent. So innovations like this come out of difficult times. Well, and that's that's where Small Business Women Australia came out of, you know, now we've got 8,000 members. Yes, <laughs> like, as you said, last year, you know, different yeah. time last year. But I'd really love to talk to you again, Amanda, you know, that you've, um, you've hit a, a real spot, you know, um, with what you're doing and uh, welcome you back on Tilly Money Podcast and spread the word about what we're doing because we're into financial education. Absolutely. And that's so crucial. And I think more and more women need to see it as that's for them. They always think it's for someone else, but no, it's for you. So it's for them. Absolutely. And uh, great talking to you. Um, thanks for your time and um, look forward to speaking to you again, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Your host this week was Maureen Jordan. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To keep up to date with all of our content, follow us on Instagram at tilly.money. Thanks to Ixon for our intro music.